Redbeard Outdoors podcast. And this is Jonathan, your host, here at Redbeard Outdoors, where we talk about family, fitness, and the outdoors. Three things that basically encompass my entire life. And today we've got a special guest, one of my fast-growing friends, uh, whose name is Clint. And we'll discuss a little bit more about him in just a moment. But I do want to say welcome back to everyone that is continuously tuning in every Thursday and Sunday. I really appreciate that. And for those of you that may be new, um, the three things that I mentioned at the beginning, family, fitness, and health, and the outdoors, that encompasses pretty much what the podcast is about and who I am and what I'm about uh, and why I started Redbeard Outdoors because I want to share that with others. I know what has motivated me to be a better human being, better dad, better husband, better friend, better son, etc., etc., all the hats that we wear. And for me personally, I just want to share that with everyone. I want everyone to live a happier, healthier, more successful life. And that's why I share what I do. You can always look me up on Instagram at red.beard.outdoors. You can also find me on Facebook. And I also have a group on Facebook where we talk about nutrition, health. And as we're starting the new year here in 2022, with your goals. I want to help you with those goals. So if you would like to reach out to me so that I can kind of help you get on that path and guide you down in the right direction, I'd love to help you uh, reach out to me in any of those mediums, or you can also email me and uh, I'd love to just help you out in general. Uh, So yeah, other than that, uh, down in the show notes below, you can check out, check out some of the people and companies that I work with that I use. Uh, I'm not going to just Plug them all here. You can go down and check below as far as backcountry nutrition, as far as uh, any other nutrition, supplements, companies that I work with. Again, you can check those out down below. Now, to the special guest that we have today. I'm super excited because Clint has a very busy schedule and the fact that he was able to make some time uh, outside of us chasing elk and him doing all the many ventures that he has and his family and everything that he's got going on as well. Clint is someone that I I met at Elk Shape Camp, and his passion and drive and competitiveness stuck out to me. And so uh, we always joke back and forth because we were competing throughout all of Elk Shape Camp. And even since then, uh, we've gone on multiple different outings for, for elk hunting. We've hung out a couple times. He's just a great overall guy. Uh, he's very he's successful. He's he's a tattoo artist, but also he's a dad, he's a husband, and he is constantly looking to improve his life and the lives of others. And uh, you should definitely go check him out. I'll put a link for his Instagram and Facebook down below. But without further ado, uh, let's talk to Clint. Hear what he has to say. How his mindset has changed the circumstances that he was dealt, the cards that he was given in this life so that he can be as successful as he is and continue to progress, which is the key and something that I always enjoy talking about. So again, without further ado, here's Clint. All right. So we got Mr. Clint McKinnis here, one of the best, if not the best tattoo artist in Utah. And no, uh, no, 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 don't, don't put that on. (laughs) No, he's a really good friend of mine. And I just want to have him on here uh, to chat with you guys and kind of, talk about his experiences last year, um, being on the Elkwood, but even before that, who he is and, and how he got into 
living the crazy life outdoors and what he does on a, on a daily to be successful. So Clint, if you don't mind, give us a little rundown of, of who you are. Who is Clint? I'm, I'm Clint. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't really know how to explain that, man. Uh, I'm just, just a dude who tries to get a little better. Uh, that's it. Like there's, there's nothing more that I like to see in life than a little bit of, um, a little bit more to my life every single day, whether that's, that's one more rep or, uh, one more step doesn't matter. Um, the, the most I can push that and, and the best that I can push out that day is, is going to be where I want to take things every day of my life. And, uh, I, I try and display that through, uh, poking and prodding others as you've seen in life. Uh, so I try and push other people around me up too. Uh, I don't want to just be on this journey by myself. And I really enjoy um, taking part in conversations to where I can help people better their life or they can help me better my life. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I noticed about Clint. And I met Clint at Elk Shape Camp last year. I guess technically it was this year, 2021. Yeah. yeah um, and we just happened to to be the top competitors and, and we just kind of meshed that way even though he beat me on a couple of things. I was going to say, just, uh, did we happen to be the top competitors or was I the top competitor? <laughs> Depends on what it was, but I chose to team up with him because I saw that he was the, the, the other top guy. So, um, but yeah, he's, you know, that's one thing that I've noticed about you, Clint, that I just, uh, I really mesh with, you know, you, you always seem to, and you've said it kind of, you put yourself in people's way uh, that you want to be in their life, but you don't do it in an annoying way. Like you just, you see things about other people that you want to learn and that you want to become and add to your life, the skill sets or whatever it may be. And, uh, and yeah, you just kind of run with it and you, you find a, a way to break the ice and, uh, usually it has to do with the beard or tattoos or something like that. But, <laughs> but, uh, especially with, with my kids, I'll never forget that by the way. It's I'm still, never going to forget yeah. Yeah, it's still one of the funnier things I've done. That one stung right there, right in the heart. <laughs> and they're like, Dad, why is his beard better than yours? And I go, oh. <laughs> um, I'm actually surprised you still came with me after that. I know, right? I was about to just drop my stuff and be like, you know what? I'll drive separate. <laughs> yeah. I might see you up there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, you know, on that on that road trip, we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, what you've been through because there's a lot of people that, um, that I feel like I, I reach out to that they are all dealing with different things as far as struggles with family, um, with friends, with their own success. I mean, you're, you're, I'd say you're a pretty successful man. You run your own business. You're always looking for other things, other ventures to go into. Um, that you, I mean, you draw for a living, right? But, but you know, that's a very simplified way of explaining that you color within yeah. the lines very well. But um, yeah. how did you get to this point? Like, what, what are some things that you'd be willing to share as far as where you started from, because it, you didn't, you don't have an easy life. I don't feel like, I feel like everyone deals with their own stuff, but you definitely have been through some crap and just kind of how you got to where you are instead of letting it beat you down to where, you know, you're just a bum on the street. Uh, how, how far back do you want me to go, man? You want to, you want to cover Whatever the last year? With. You want to cover the last 20 years? Whatever you're um, comfortable with. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, what, what it all boils down to is I was, I was raised on a farm and I, yeah, I, I learned how to feed cows and how to rope and how to ride and, and all of that stuff. But the, the majority of what I learned 
growing up was hard work can get you anywhere that you need to go. Uh, And I'm a firm believer in that. It doesn't matter where you want to go. If you're willing to work hard enough for it and to sacrifice for those things, you can have anything you want. Uh, And I've only been a full-time tattoo artist and full-time working for myself for the last six years or so. And making, making break away from a really decent paying job that a lot of people retire from out here in Utah. Uh, it's, it's hard to make that jump and, and have enough belief in yourself to uh, make that leap and do it the correct way, which I did not do it the correct way, but by all means, don't, don't chalk that up, but I know the correct way to do it now, <laughs> now that I've been through it. So uh, yeah, just, just, I mean, it was instilled in me from such a young age of work hard. That's it. Like there's, there's not a whole lot more to it. Like, yeah, you want to work smart, but you, you work hard in the right direction, which I believe is working smart. Uh, and you can, you can go out and get those things. So yeah, it took me a few years to, to change my life into what it is. Um, and I'm not done with that journey by any means. Uh, when I made the switch to tattooing, I cut my pay in half. And that's not easy when you have three kids to feed and a, and a mortgage and all of those things. And so it was, it was, oh yeah, you work for yourself now. So that means you're probably not going to have to go work a 40 hour week job. You're correct. I'm not going to work 40 hours a week. Now I work 80 every single week. And then uh, I've I've recently gotten over the last probably two years, I wouldn't say more comfortable in that spot, but more uh, more to the spot of working smarter on that end uh, and, and harder towards other goals where this was the first couple of years where, oh yeah, I'm going to try some new things. So I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to hunt and I tried jujitsu and, and tried these, these things that seemed interesting to me. And now they've kind of taken over my life too to where tattooing is there and, and it pays my bills, but I'm, I'm working in other directions too. And it's not so, a sole focus on being able to make enough money because I've finally gotten to the point where I'm comfortable in the amount of money I'm making from tattooing. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm not pushing in other business directions either though. No, yeah, that makes sense. And it, it's definitely scary, it's definitely um, scary to go out and work for yourself and not have that insurance, not have the, uh, you know, everything else that comes along with, with a regular job. And on top of that, cutting your, you know, I didn't realize that you would cut your income in half. Obviously you have to um, build up, you know, clients and everything with being a tattoo artist, but um, you don't really seem to choose the easy path. (laughs) No, no, I'm kind of an idiot. So I, I don't even know what the easy path is. Uh, I, I tend to, think of where I want to be without even thinking about the path. No, that's, 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 that's kind of funny. <laughs> so you brought up a couple other things. Um, so you, you're a tattoo artist, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're off by yourself. You're, you're figuring things out on your own. Like you said, you've got other business ventures and stuff that you're, uh, that you're looking into, but what, um, what drew you to, for example, bow hunting? That's something I want to talk about. That's, that stings both of us right now. Cause we both came up and ended <laughs> with the elk. But, uh, <laughs> but, but what, what, thanks for pointing that? that out. Oh yeah. I'm uh, there with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple of years ago, I started getting 
getting interested in hunting and I didn't, I'm an adult hunter. I, I have never been hunting. I, like I said, I grew up on a farm. We didn't need to hunt. We had all of our food in the pasture. So we just went and chose a cow, took it down to the butcher. And, and that was that, uh, they're really easy to hunt that way. Uh, I do advise that if you want to go the easy route, um, on, on top of that, I, I was trying to figure all this stuff out and my wife, she wanted to figure it out too. So we started putting in for hunts and we both drew our first tags, which was a muzzleloader for deer. And we did as much research as we could possibly do because we wanted to do it on our own. We had a lot of friends who offered to come out with us, um, but we just wanted to do it. So we, we went out and we put the time in off of what we'd learned off of YouTube or uh, hunting shows that we'd watched, meat eater, stuff like that. Uh, and I didn't know how much that it would overtake my life at that point. Uh, so as, as soon as we got back from our trip, which we were successful with on that year, both of us, um, my wife said, let's, let's buy bows. I want to shoot bows every day. And cool, let's do that. And so we started shooting in the backyard and um, I, I knew that I wanted to hunt that way. Uh, as soon as I picked it up, it was just something that spoke to me, uh, not because it's inherently harder, like that, that has nothing to do with it. I love the process of, of shooting a bow. Don't get me wrong. I love guns. They're, they're definitely my jam, but the process of shooting a bow is something I can do every single day. And it kind of helps keep all of the stuff inside my head a little more quiet. Uh, so I can kind of chill out and, and zone in for a second on just, just what my body needs to do. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, um, I, I mean, that's kind of how I went into bow hunting as well. Uh, and my buddy just poked and poked and poked. And, um, I finally just came up with, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a bow hunter. That, that's something that I wanted to be a part of my life. And, um, it's not hard per se to shoot a bow, but it is hard to do everything else that it has to do with bow hunting, right? Uh, you yeah. know, you got to get in close. You got to check the wind. You got to make sure you're not moving too much. You got, uh, you have to be able to hold back sometimes, uh, which I guess I'm good at holding back, but I'm not good at necessarily letting down the bow because, uh, this last <laughs> week, this challenge has been rough on my shoulders, but, um, yeah, yeah. Just like all the things that go into it. It's not easy, right? It's easy to sit in your backyard. And I, I laugh because, the example is with your Crocs on and, and gym shorts, which is what I do, you know, that's gross. <laughs> it's so easy. Uh, but when you get up on the mountain and you've got the moving animals, you got the trees, you got the branches, you got everything else that goes into it. Um, you've been hiking for miles and miles. You're exhausted. Uh, just everything that goes into it, it just makes it a little bit more, more intense. Um, I, I, I love my rifles too, uh, you know, guns in general, but um, it just adds another challenge to it. And yeah. I, I mean, what what draws you to challenges i guess what's why don't you do your tattoo artist thing and then uh you go come home and play video games like what what draws you to that to the challenge to always getting better um i don't know man i i think that like just just because of my background uh i have this i have this thing stuck in my head of <laughs> Uh, you and, and there's a book about it, um, but be so good they can't ignore you. 
so I've, I've got a lot of uh, stuff that I carry with me as far as uh, emotional burdens. And I don't necessarily think of them as weights. Uh, I think of them as as kind of propellers in, in that fashion because I've chosen to view them that way. And so I, I try and cover... I, I, I just try and be as, as good as I possibly can. And it's not so I can rub it in the face of anybody anymore. I may have done it uh, for that initially and kind of done those things out of spite, but now it's in a mode of my, my life is really good and I just want to see how much better I can get and, and show that to my kids who get to see a pretty rad view of life. They don't view life like normal kids because of how my life is. And some days my wife yells at me for things like that, but uh, we, we figure those things out. And uh, so now it's, now it's a game of how good of a life can I show my kids on, on every aspect, not just working wise, but, but how good of a life can I show them through hunting that we can provide our food and through fitness and, and all of that stuff. How good of a life can I possibly show them? I love that too. It's, it's not, I mean, once you kind of have this, this mental shift and at least for, and it doesn't happen for everyone. I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in figuring out why it doesn't happen for everyone. Cause for me, and it sounds like for you, you, you kind of had this automatic shift into when you became a dad that you were like, you know, it may not be the easiest thing, but you know, this is, this is something that I want to do. I want to make sure that my kids have the best life possible. I want to provide that, but also I want to teach them how to be strong. I want them to, to know how to, excuse me, how to overcome obstacles and, and to do all those things that are, that are challenging. So you're leading from the front by example and uh, bringing them along with you. Um, I think your daughter just started hunting with you, right? Uh, For Turkey or something. Uh, Yeah. She hunted Turkey this year with me Um, or I tried to hunt with her anyway. And that was in the spring. Uh, We didn't, we didn't prove to be successful, but she's kind of in the same mode as me. Like now it's a challenge because I wasn't successful. I've got to go and get successful on it. That's awesome. And I mean, that's not something that most, most kids would be like, ah, we didn't see an animal this first time. And, uh, you know, my, my son's seven. And when we've gone out, like it's hard for him when he doesn't see an animal. So even if like we've gone out and we're hunting turkeys, but I see deer, you know, I'm like, Hey, let's go look at the deer for a little bit. Cause uh, I'll be honest, man, turkeys are some of the smartest dumb animals. Like they're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they're so dumb but they're so smart you know like, yeah i don't know how that works but um that's awesome cool well i i did want to ask a little bit more what are some going back to the elk hunting and yes i'm going to sting you a little bit more here because uh, I, <laughs> I reflect on this on a daily basis um just because i i wonder if you know i don't feel like for me anyway i, I feel like i left everything on the mountain with the time that i was av- you know available to go up there um so I'm, I don't regret anything, but I do go back and look and say, you know, I could have done maybe this a little bit differently or that a little bit differently, or, um, that, that other bow hunter, maybe I could have beat him by those 50 yards that he was ahead of me. Um, things yeah. like that, but, but what's, what are some highlights and then some reflections you've got from, from this year? Oh man, just like the whole month of September, it was just insane, man. Um, going out, I, I've never been elk hunting. I've never been archery hunting. Uh, to be able to go out and and put stuff together that I learned in class and and learned online from the stuff like the Elk Collective uh, to put that stuff together and to start to realize like 
okay, this is what they mean. That's what, what happened to put that together and actually uh, get into elk and have elk come into us was insane to me. Like that whole process of, of having an elk respond to my, to my call for the first time. Like, that's amazing. I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but I'm doing it. And to me, yeah, there's definitely stuff I would have changed uh, had I known everything that I know. Um, but there's not a whole lot of people who can say that they went out for their first time. And yeah, I went out for a long time. So, so don't discount that. I was out for pretty much three weeks straight. Um, there's not a whole lot of people who can say that they went out for their first time and actually put stuff together, not just happening like out of dumb luck. They put enough stuff together to where they got into elk multiple times um, and, and got onto them even uh, where other people had shots in, in our group, stuff like that. Uh, that to me was, was awesome. Uh, and I, I cannot wait to be back out there again. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, uh, it was a really good experience. I, I, I'm new to bow hunting as well. I had a couple other tags um, that I filled this year, as you know, the, the doe tag and some turkey tags. And I've, I've got two turkey tags that hopefully we can get out here in the next couple months. I know you're slammed, but uh, to get out and get some turkeys, but um, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. And, wow. and I look back and I just think like, if I hadn't gone to elk shape and I didn't do the elk collective yet, but um, if I hadn't gone to elk shape camp and I hadn't put in the work behind the scenes, uh, which was hours and hours of e-scouting and, you know, studying elk and kind of where the best areas would be and learning the maps and things like that. Um, I feel like I would have been wandering out there and just been like, are there even elk in Utah? <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the funny thing is, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry, it froze up on my end, so I was just making sure. The funny thing is, like, I grew up being outside, uh, like, through the summers and, and spring and fall. We, I, I grew up in the scouting program, and our scout leader was amazing. He took us camping literally every single month, month in, month out, year-round. Um, and I grew up hiking, and I have seen every creature out in the wild and – the only one I had. Sorry, I think I lost you there. I lost you there for a minute. The only one that you hadn't seen was? Was elk. So I, to, to be able to come back and, and see elk for the first time as an adult and be like, oh, we do have elk in Utah. And the funny thing is there's elk on my home mountain range. So the mountains that surround me have elk also. And I'm like, huh, like, all right, maybe I'm just not like knowing where the elk or something else man they're they're a creature unlike everything else i've seen moose mountain goat bighorn sheep all that stuff it's it's so weird to me that i had never seen elk until i was an adult yeah no i agree and they uh, you know one of their nicknames is the the ghost of the mountain because they i don't know how these you know six to eight hundred and sometimes thousand pound creatures can walk around with these big old horns on their head and and not make a sound like it just blows me away and then you and me are walking through and it's like crunch crunch, crunch. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's scraping our backpacks and we're just like what is how did i don't know how they do it man but they they definitely um they blew me away my experiences as well in, in september and 
And I think you got into them a little bit more than, than I did. Um, I, had, I had a few less experiences, but at the same time, it, every single one of them, like it's like zero to a hundred and like, you're just walking around, you might let a call out or you might not even let a call out. And then all of a sudden you see one or they, they start calling. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy how it just, and then in a matter of less than a minute, it's done. Like the whole experience is over, you know? And it's just, it, it's crazy. It blows me away. Um, but I think that's what gets us hooked at the same time, you know, that, again, oh, that challenge, you know, and uh, that, that's awesome. <clears throat> what are some things that you think you're going to be doing? Well, not think, but that you're going to be doing better in 2022. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely filling tags, man. Uh, like I, I'm already, I've got two different hunts planned. They're pig hunts in the spring. Um, I, I already know that I'm using my, my bow on one of them at the very least. Uh, but I, I'm getting those reps in that zone. Um, because I didn't get any reps in that zone. I was so close to getting, to getting full draw on an elk and, uh, just had little things happen and that's all right. I learned from those things, but next year I already know that I'm going to come out swinging and I know that I'm going to feel attacked. Like there's not a doubt in my mind. There's no like, Oh, maybe I'm going to go. No, there's, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if I draw a tag or if I just buy an over the counter tag I'm filling an elk tag. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping to draw the, some LE units, but the same time and we've got that good at least for now hopefully that doesn't go away that we've got the unlimited archery um tags i hope that i really hope that doesn't go away i know they're talking about that but um yeah i'm, I'm definitely getting at least the over-the-counter i don't i haven't planned any out-of-state hunts yet um simply because uh, i'm planning on starting a new job uh, this upcoming year so i want to get established in that um, but i did it was funny uh i actually part of the interview process I actually said to him, um, so how's September look for taking time off? <laughs> and they, they were like, oh yeah, that's actually not a bad time of year to take time off. Why? And then we had that whole discussion. So, um, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. What, what are some things that you do? Like, I know, obviously you can just take time off whenever, but you've got responsibilities at home. You know, you're, you're a dad, your husband, you pay the bills. I know your wife obviously works as well. She's got her stuff going on, which is awesome. Um, but you can't just leave. You can't just be like, okay, see ya. Uh, you're without my income for the month of September or whatever. And, uh, good luck. Like what, what are some things that you do to prepare for that? Uh, so now that I, now that I've fallen so in love with hunting, I, I just make sure that while I'm here, I'm working my butt off to get to the spot where I'm not worried about anything else. The first year that I hunted, my wife and I were out for uh, eight days and I took the whole eight days off. And that was the longest that I had taken off since I started tattooing um, four years before that. Uh, I hadn't taken anything even close to that. And I was like, oh, man, I'm stressed the whole time. Like everything's going to fall apart. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to like do this. It's not going to happen. And I just knew just work your butt off. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And it took a lot for me to take those eight days off. And then once I saw it was possible, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I just have to prepare before, which is the same with anything. Like you, you prepare to go elk hunting before you get out on the elk hunt. So that when you, the minute that the timer starts, you're good to go. Your, your cooler's full, your, your tent's ready, your sleeping bag's ready. All that stuff is good to go. 
so that you can hurry up and concentrate on what you're doing. So when I'm in something, uh, as far as if it's work mode, I'm 100% in work mode. Get out of my way. I have to do this. And, and my wife is seeing the full effect of that right now because I've had some stuff come up uh, recently. And I've went from working like six and seven hour days to turning around and working like 12 and 13 hour days immediately. And it's because I want to be prepared for my, my springtime hunts. So I put in a little extra time on the front end so that I'm not worried about it when, when time comes. Do you think that, cause I, I think you brought up a good point about not being worried about it. You know, it's uh, some people, I don't know how they can just tune out their families or their bills or whatever. And they just like, there's like, okay, whatever, like deal with it. I'll come back and, and have that fight later. I, I don't know how people do that, to be honest with you. Um, it would stress me out the entire time I was on the mountain, you know, or yeah. wherever you are. And obviously down in, down in Texas, you're not on the mountain, but uh, in the tree stand or wherever you're at, like, especially if you're in a tree stand, I can only imagine sitting there all day and thinking, okay, what's going on at home? Okay. Did I pay this? Did I pay that? Is this okay? Is that yeah. okay? You know? And I can't imagine that. I, again, I know some people can turn that off. I don't think that's the best way to deal with it. Um, in my opinion, but I, I love what you're saying as far as knowing, like planning ahead of time, like this is months in, in preparation, right? Cause you're leaving in, is it March or April? Um, the first time I'm leaving, cause I've got elk shaped camps too. The first mm -hmm. time I'm leaving is, uh, February. So I'm gone for like 50% of the first quarter. Yep. Yeah. And so even two months ahead of time, right. You know, this is what the plan is for the year. This is what I want to get accomplished, but my family comes first. And so, yeah, I, I think the important thing right there is if, if you're with your, let, let's go through this. If you're with your family, don't worry about work, devote your time to your family. If you're at work, don't worry about your family, worry about work. If you're hunting, worry about hunting. Like, You've got to be present in those things and you've got to be a hundred percent focused on those things. Otherwise there's no real point in doing that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's funny too. Cause I was going through, um, so, you know, you're, I know you're in the iron council, part of order of man. If you haven't heard of that, you should go look it up. Um, but I'm going through, cause I just went to that meeting here in December and I've got the yeah. notes here. And I, I, one of my powerless tasks today is uh, to finalize my first quarter goals for 2022. And nice. I love, I love breaking it down in those three months, just like, uh, as explained in the order, man, um, and iron council, I haven't joined the iron council, but, um, I, you know, going through and setting the goals up the way that was explained in that meeting. And I love having this paper right here and going through and, uh, having those four things, the calibration connection, condition, and contribution. And part of, it's funny because you mentioned being present, uh, part of my first quarter goals for calibration is to be present in each individual scenario. So just like what you were saying, when you're with your family, with your, you're with your family, period. Yeah. Um, when you're with homework, like for me, if I'm finishing up my schooling, I'm 100% in homework. If I'm hunting, I'm hundred percent in hunting, but the key to that is also communication. And you can't just, you know, in your mind say, I'm going to be gone February X, Y, Z dates. And then come the dates and you're like, all right, honey, see you later you know, and, and not have communicated that previously to your wife or to your kids that you're not going to be present as long as you prep them ahead of time. I mean, do you feel like that's the same way for you guys? I know for me, my wife's like hundred percent, 
I'm cool with that. And my kids are hundred percent cool with that. But if I just left, they'd be like, but you were going to help me build these Legos or we were going to go do this together as, you know, as a couple. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a little different for, for you and I, I don't have my kids full time. So, uh, my communication on my end is, is there as far as, Hey, uh, these weekends, I'm not going to be around. We're going to make the time up a little bit differently. Um, and, and we're going to figure that stuff out. My wife, we, we talk, we probably over communicate. I over communicate. Sometimes it takes a minute for her to get to over communication, but, uh, I over communicate, Hey, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. Uh, and I'm, I'm being pulled this way and I need to remember to do this and, and that kind of stuff. And it's so that we are on the same page, uh, and, and we aren't worried about those things. Um, there are some days where she may tell you a little differently, but I do try and focus on those things, but I also have ADD. So I may not remember that I needed to tell you those things. That's funny. And I don't think I've ever heard of a man over communicating. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in, uh, this is, this is all on the same page so that we can be on the same page. No. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And it's something for me too, that like I've had to work on personally because I'm not always the best communicator. Like I have these conversations in my mind that I'm like, I need to tell her this or whatever. And I swear I told her, but I didn't tell her, you know? Yeah. And, And so that's something that I'm definitely working on as well. Good. That's yeah. That's a, that's, I think it's always such a good thing to, and the reason I, I prefer to over-communicate is because, uh, you, you have to remember that, like, even though you said, Hey, I'm going to be off next Tuesday, you may not have said, Hey, I'm going to be off next Tuesday because I've got this between these hours. Well, just cause you say one thing, it doesn't mean exactly what you mean. So you've got to realize those things and, and communicating that is, uh, I think it's vital in every relationship, whether it's working, I communicate to my clients, Hey, I'm not going to be here the month of September for the rest of my life. Don't plan on getting tattooed in the month of September. And they're like, all right, it's January. I'm not sure why you're telling me this. And I'm like, well, you're going to understand. Yeah. And I mean, you're pretty booked out ahead of time, but, but uh, at the same time, yeah, I can, I can see some people are, you know, a lot of people, I feel like they go through life and they don't really have a plan. They just kind of, they go in, they clock in, they clock out, they come home. They may maybe have dinner with their family, maybe talk a little bit with their kids in between looking at screens and then they watch Netflix and then they go to bed and then they wake up and yeah. repeat. And, yeah. you know, if they have a day off, you know, I, I actually just met someone. So part of uh, the phase three is you have to meet a stranger every single yeah. day in person. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. that's been fun. I've been like making excuses to go out. Like last night, for example, was Christmas. And I realized I was like, shoot, it's six o'clock and I haven't met a stranger yet. Like I've done the service. I've done all the other stuff. I'm like, how am I going to do this? I was like, Oh, we have recycling. I'm going to run to the recycling and I'm just going to randomly pull up beside someone that's walking on the sidewalk and not make it awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Well, it was actually, it turned out really good. We, uh, this, you know, one of their kids had gotten a Jeep art, one of those cars that you drive around. You know, oh yeah. Kids. yeah. yeah. I was like, Hey, that's a sweet Jeep, you know? And I just started it that way and it, it wasn't too awkward. It's probably still awkward nice. for them, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, having a plan and, and going, following through with that plan, isn't something that, that everyone does, you know? And, and like I was saying, when like someone that I met in this whole meeting a stranger thing, they were talking about how they had a day off and they were so excited to just sit on the couch. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> like for me, yeah. my days off, I I'm running errands. Like that's my day to work harder. I feel like than I do when I'm at work. I don't know. What, what do you feel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who, and I, it always kind of drove me nuts because like at the, the height of me switching jobs, I would work a, a 12 hour shift, turn around and go and try and tattoo for four or five hours, turn around and try and go and sleep for three hours. And so I like, my day off was funny because I would go and try and work for eight or nine hours. And so it was hard for me to imagine like, oh, I just want to hang out. And now like, yeah, I have my, my hangout times definitely uh, where I'm sitting on the couch and relaxing for a bit. Um, but again, it, it comes down to if I'm going to relax, I'm going to relax super hard. I'm not going to worry about anything else. Uh, if I'm spending time with my wife, like I'm going to spend time with my wife super hard. Like I'm, I'm focused on doing that exact thing. So I think that a lot of people chalk up what they're doing to like super hard work. And it's not, it's they're stuck in this zone of monotony and that, that sitting on the couch and hanging out is part of their routine uh, where they think that they're giving themselves a, a break from their work. And that's fine. Like they, they're going to be in the exact same spot in five years. We, we need those people too. Um, Andy Frisella always puts it, I need people to flip my burgers too. Like not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone's going to be the hardest worker in the room. Um, if, if we're around those people, yeah, it's a lot better for us, but not everybody wants to do that. And that's okay for them. That doesn't mean I need to be around those people. Uh, but I, I'm just trying to focus on, on my life. And sometimes that does include sitting down and hanging out for a minute, but most of the time it's, it's, Hey, I've got this to work on. Hey, I've got that to work on. Yeah. And even then, like, I feel like with you, um, even when you are on the couch, you're drawing, like that's relaxing for you. Um, you know, is that not true? You seem to. Uh, I draw every single morning. So uh, I'll, I'll hang out. My, my dog holds me down on the couch really well and he lays on my legs and I draw for a couple hours every morning. Um, but that's like, if I don't have a tattoo that day, I'm not drawing because I don't need to. Uh, and it's, it's just like any other job at, at a certain point, like you do need to shut it off. You can't, if, if you're constantly like going down the same route, you're going to end up looking like the same thing as every other person that's out there. As far as like, I, I draw every single day and that's, yeah, it is a creative thing and it's an outlet, but that doesn't mean that uh, I need to do it every day. I've got too much other stuff going on. and while tattooing is great and I love it and it provides a good life for me, that's, that's not a hundred percent of my life either. Yeah, no, I, I get that a hundred percent. You, you've got, it sounds like you've got it pretty dialed in and I, um, something that has always stuck out to me. Cause I used to hear that, you know, work-life balance there, in my opinion, you'll never really balance out the scales. Like there's always, if you're present in the moment, you're going to be heavily weighted towards your family or heavily weighted towards work or heavily weighted towards, you know, working out or fitness or whatever it is at that moment, like you're never going to have that hundred percent balance. Cause if you're trying to balance 
communicating with your kids while you're working out while working. Like it just, you're going to be on your phone. You're not really going to get a good workout in and your work production is going to go down. Like it just, it, it's, it's never technically ever balanced. So I love, um, I think it was Dan was the first time I heard it was tipping the scales. Like you always have to tip the scales based on what you're being present in at that moment. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Um, so you bring up Andy Frisella. Have you ever done 75 hard? I don't think I've ever asked you that question. Yeah. Yeah. I've done two rounds of 75 hard. Uh, and I've done phase one. Um, but I've never dove more into it. My wife has done it. She's done the whole live hard program. Uh, she's pretty badass and all that stuff. So I just leave it to her. Uh, and I, I do love when I, Sorry, you cut out there for a second. You back? Yeah, I'm back. I can hear you. Where where did we cut off? So you were you were saying that you leave it to your wife and she's pretty badass at those things. I mean, yeah, that's that's good enough. <laughs> uh, she yeah, she's awesome at that kind of stuff. Um, I do love when I get in the mode of 75 hard and I I kind of refocus everything. But that doesn't necessarily mean the people around me love me all that much because I get real irritated and uh, I get real like get the F out of my way on a lot of levels. Um, so, yeah, it's I mean, I, I understand its purpose and, and I love it, but it literally is just a mental switch for me to where everybody get out of the way. I've got shit to do. Sorry right. for yeah, no, I, I under- you can beat I that out, right? No, you're good. You're good. Um, so I'll. Uh as far as 75 hard goes, like, I agree. It definitely hits people differently. And then the whole live hard program hits people differently. Um, especially if you're super competitive, like, like you are, I, I think you're a little competitive. I, I don't know from my experience. A tiny bit. And you know, it's interesting that you say that it, it flips a switch where you're just like, get out of the way, which in, in my opinion, it's kind of meant to do that. You start cutting people out that aren't, uh, necessary that are you know almost negative and but at the same time like if that bleeds over into people that are important you know (laughs) it can be a little uh a little uh, i guess not not so good in that scenario but but uh i agree you know the program itself is is you're very dialed and it, it helps at least it helps me um stay more efficient with my time like if i know yeah. i've got this this powerless task plus the whatever task that i need to accomplish um it helps me stay present at the moment because sometimes like I'll sit down. I think we're all guilty of that, you know, where you'll sit down and you want to watch a show on YouTube, like a 20 minute video while you're eating your lunch. Instead, I'll pick up my book and read the 10 pages while I'm eating because I know I have to get it done. And I know I'm going to be exhausted by the end of the day. Um, So it just, at least for me, like, and again, this is all personal stuff because no one's going to care if you completed it or not nobody cares. Like it's, there's no, you don't win a prize. Um, it's all for you, yourself and you, right? Like my wife, if I, if I quit phase three today, she'd be like, Oh, that sucks. But whatever, you know, she'd probably be like, Oh, it's great. You're not going out to, to walk with a weighted vest and shorts in the snow. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, but cool. Well, it sounds like we've had similar experiences with that. And then as far as, um, we've talked a little bit about getting your family involved in the outdoors. I know your wife shoots bow. She's been hunting with you. Um, your daughter's gone out with you as well. What are some yeah. other things that you guys do as a family um, to get outdoors? 
uh not much <laughs> we hike together and stuff like that but like my, my wife and i each have three kids so with with six kids it's real hard to do a whole lot um and i also have a son who's in a wheelchair so again it is hard to do a whole lot in in the outdoors uh and we we make do with what we can um my son's involved in soccer and he's played that since he was like four years old and he he does awesome with it and so we do spend Saturdays at games in the spring and the fall uh, out, out there watching him and it's rain, snow, sleet, doesn't matter. Like we're out there watching him. So just, just that time outside, it doesn't matter if you're up in the mountains, that time outside to me uh, accounts for all of it. Um, my wife's kids are heavily involved in baseball and, and softball. So same kind of thing there, like just being able to be out uh, under the sun or, or whatever it may be. I know baseball players go inside when it's windy and has one cloud in the sky, but um, just just being able to to make it outside to us is what's important. It doesn't have to be a month long camping trip. Yeah, I may go do those things on my own. Uh, somebody's allowed to join me if they would like to. Uh, I don't ever shut that down, and I'll make it happen every time. Like when my daughter said, "Dad, can I go and hunt turkeys?" It's cool. What do we need to buy for camo? What do we need to buy for a backpack, boots, like? covering all of these things to make sure that my kids uh, can have a good time while they're out there, if they so choose to, to do those things. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I get into the whole, you know, being outdoors and um, it's a big part of my life, my family's life, but at the same time, like when I say normal people, you're not really a normal person, but you know, people that yeah. have jobs, people that have their own, uh, businesses and things like that, you still find ways. And even if it is like you were mentioning, you've got a son in a wheelchair, I have seen where you guys go in the backyard and play basketball. That counts. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. That's not a, you don't have to be out on a long excursion and go hike the Tetons. And then right after that, go, you know, to, to Washington and, and, and hike the rim. And like, you can just go, just be out, soak up some sun rays, you know, be out and build yep. a snowman, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I, I don't think that getting outdoors should be that complicated. It's something that we can do every day. Go to the park, take your kids for a walk, yeah. ride bikes, yeah. you know, um, it doesn't have to be go out and spend a month in the mountains, which would be awesome, you know, but, but, uh, it was awesome. possible. Exactly. Yeah. It's not always possible. Right. Yeah. Um, cause we have real life. We've got responsibilities and, and things like that. So that's, that's awesome. Cool. And again, you know, going back to, you, you have a son in a wheelchair. You don't let that, you haven't taught your son that that's something that holds him back. And that's something too, that, that I admire about you, that you're not looking at like, Oh, well, let's do these things for you. Like you still push him a little bit out of his comfort zone to where he's trying new things, doing new things. And just as tough as any of your other kids. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that the world is going to be harsh to you. Uh, so I want to wake you up to being as good as you can in, in response to that. The world isn't out there to be kind to you. And it's not always going to be hugs and, and rainbows and, and crap like that, especially when you're a kid. Kids are ruthless. So I know that that's out there, um, whether it's a, a physical thing or whether it's a emotional thing, a, a verbal thing, whatever that may be. So. I'm a firm believer in, in talking to my kids like they're adults and, and hey, this is the real facts of life and we, we need to be better about those things. You'll never hear someone be so polar opposites on 
speaking to their kids like you will hear me. I'm very ruthless with my kids when I come to making fun of them. And I do that for a reason, because I know that other kids are pretty ruthless. Uh, and they also know without a doubt how much I love them. And it's, it's one in the same. You're going to get made fun of. I don't care who you are. You're going to learn to, you've got to learn to laugh at those things in order to, to better handle life. And the, the more I can equip my kids to, to handle the world after I'm gone or even while I'm here, but they go out on their own, the, the better off I am and the better off they will be. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I, I agree with that as well. I, um, I'm probably a little bit more harsh and direct, probably, I don't know about as, as much as you, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hard, especially on my youngest son. Cause he's so much like me, um, that it bugs me. <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't do yeah. those things. <laughs> like I learned yeah. from that. Right. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I agree. There's definitely that, uh, th- there's times to be harsh. There's times to, to teach them those lessons and to not baby them. But then there's also times where they need that attention and they need to know that they're loved. They need to hear those words. Um, even though that, like you said, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and hugs. Um, and, and every child's different and you, that's, that's the thing. And again, going back to the challenge, um, the things that we, we like about challenges, being a dad is not easy. Um, if you're a good one, anyway, you can, you can easily create a child. That's not hard. That doesn't take a lot of work to be honest with you. Um, but being a good dad is definitely something that takes work. I'm not perfect at it. There's days where I get super upset with my son and I I'll, I'll spank him or I'll send him to the corner and yell at him, you know, when he doesn't necessarily deserve it. I need to sit down and, and explain to him why we do certain things because again, he's seven, he can't be expected to know all the things that I know. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely agree with that, that that's, that's a, that's a good way to, to, to be a dad. You know, you got to teach them um, that, that tough love, I guess, is if you want to use the, the terminology there. Um, yeah. What are, so I want to ask you just kind of shifting gears a little bit. What are three things that drive you on a daily basis? Oh man. Uh, definitely my competitiveness. Like if, if I know that you're going to go and do a thousand step ups and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go and do this. Uh, like, yeah, that's, that's my jam. I'm going to go and do the same thing. I'll probably do a thousand and one because I'm better than you. But, uh, it's, it's a matter of, I want to have people in my life that push me. So I surround myself with those people. That competitiveness comes out in every facet right there. My wife and I are competitive. Uh, we, we used to work out together a lot more than we do now. Our schedules are different now, but just that like getting out there and, and seeing somebody else do the same thing. So that's a big driver in my life is that competitive value, but bringing value to the table of the people that I want to be around. So, so if I'm what I view as like a, a level one person in life and I'm flipping burgers at, at my Mick job, uh, I'm not going to bring very, very much value to someone that I look up to. Uh, so it's, it's hard for me to expect that I get a hangout and be a part of their life when I'm not bringing something valuable to the table. So I want to be as much value to those, those people around me as I can. 
and I don't want them to be level one people either. Uh, I want them to be a step ahead of me. All of the people that I keep around me, I look up to in some regard, whether it's one facet of life or 10 facets of life. I look up to them in one regard or another. And that's why I look, that's why I keep them around me. So uh, seeing a little bit of that value in myself and realizing what I can bring to their life uh, and not just my presence, because that's, let's, let's be real. If it's just about presence, get a dog. Uh, that's, that's a live animal you got right next to you. So uh, yeah, bringing that value and always adding to that, knowing that my value of today isn't necessarily going to be my value of next year. So I've got to be adding to that. Uh, so it, it doesn't diminish and, and fall away. That's probably one of the bigger things I've, I've felt lately, um, just because of the friends that I've started to keep around me. Um, and they're very, they're very high achieving people. And I'm looking around like, Oh man, like I've got to get better just to keep up with these people. <clears throat> and so I, I think that that's a, a huge part of it. Um, man, I, I don't, I don't really know about that. It's, it's hard to say because the, the same things fall back into my kids while they may be at a level one, I want them to see me at a level five or six and say, Oh man, like dad's doing pretty good. And, and how do I, how do I get better like that? And that's, that's leading a really good life. Uh, I, I have friends that, Maybe they're a step or two behind me. How do I, how do I get to that next level? And so kind of, kind of leading from, from the front and, and being that lighthouse uh, that, that we often talk about. Uh, that's, I would say that's probably the third is, is taking that mentality of uh, I want to show everyone how, how good life can be. And if they want to change their life, they can go out and do that. Love that. That's awesome, dude. So competitiveness, again, I think you're a little competitive. I don't know from the few experiences I've had with you in competitive things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will die before I let someone win. Right. <laughs> uh, and then with, you know, providing value to other people's lives and, and leading from the fried. I, I love that. That's, uh, those are awesome. And so would you say that your your big why. So that's something that I, I read last year and start with why in that book by Simon Sinek. And, yeah. uh, and I love it because, you know, you can always say like, well, my family, you know, my this, that, like you can always pick something, but if they're all external, um, those are all temporary, you know, external things are temporary. Unfortunately, you know, it, it those things are all temporary, but when you start peeling away the layers, kind of like an onion and you get to the core like, what is the why? Would you say that adding value to people's lives is is your why? Or would it go even deeper than that? Do you have something else? Uh, that's a really deep question. I don't know that I ever go that deep. So let's let's just blame it on, yeah, adding value to other people's lives. Um, I really do think that's, that's probably one of my core uh, reasons for doing anything is, is trying to add to the lives around me. And if, if not even the lives around me, maybe the the people who see my life regardless of where they're at like not immediate contact with me but because of how awesome the group of people i have around me whether it's physically or uh, virtually the i i have to keep up 
and I have to keep going. Um, so I, I think that that's huge in life. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a core motivator for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I, I would agree. It's, it's about, you know, I want people to live more successful and happy lives. And so, cause I used to just think, well, I'm doing it for my family. Or I'm doing it for this or that. And when I read that book, that's, that's what it boiled down to for me is I want the people around me to live health, healthier and happier and more successful lives. And obviously that starts with me leading, like you said, leading from the front and I can't help people live healthier and happier lives if, if I'm not. Um, and then on top of that, you know, then it just kind of ripple effects out to where my nuclear family and then my extended family and then my friends and loved ones that are included in that and just kind of ripples out from there. But you definitely have to, to lead from the front. And I love that, like what you were saying, and, and you've said this before, and I think I mentioned this earlier, where you, you've, you've told me, you know, you kind of force your way into people's lives, but you don't do that because you're trying to, to steal anything from them. You're not trying to take, you're a contributor. Like you want to, obviously you want to learn from them, but you're not, you're not sitting there saying, Hey, can I pick your brain? You know, that, that question is, and can be one of the most annoying questions for successful people because they're like, really? Like my time's worth more than that, you know? Yeah. Um, but the way you do it, because I mean, you want to learn from them, right? But you're not asking them to sit down, take time out of their day to just walk Clint through how they did it. Like you want to learn from them. You want to be around them. You want to kind of through osmosis, learn and absorb what they've done and pick up on the skills that you wanted to learn from them. And then you also want to contribute back to them, you know? And yeah. so uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that the reason that you get the, the questions of like, Hey, can I pick your brain? Those people don't have much to offer you and they aren't quite to the point where they can offer you anything. And so they don't know how to, how to bring that in. Uh, and I, I've probably done the same thing at one time or another uh, before I realized like, Oh no, I have to bring some value to this table too. Uh, so I, I can't say that I didn't start there, but now uh, I do. And I prefer the term weaseling. I do weasel my way into other people's lives who I look up to. And I have made some pretty rad friends over the last three, four five years because of that. And it's, it's more so, Hey, I really look up to that person and, and maybe they're on a level eight in life and I'm only on a level four, but I'm going to be friends with that person. I know that I am. I don't have anything to value to add to their life yet. I don't have anything of value to add to their life yet, but I, I know that I can, if I continually work on this thing and in that direction. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. That's awesome. And uh, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I know you like to joke and if you guys haven't picked up on this by now, he's a little sarcastic, but uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a skill. And it's definitely a sense of humor that I appreciate. Um, but I don't think you weasel. Like, I honestly don't. I, I think you, you, you just find a way in. Like, I, I mean, I know, you know, weaseling maybe. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, it's totally a weaseling thing. But yeah. you, 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 again, you, you have the intention of providing to that person um, value. And so that, that's, that's awesome, dude. Well, um, I don't want to take much more of your time here, but I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know Sunday's a little bit slower for you, but you still got lots of stuff going on. Um, where can people find you if they want to look you up and, and hear more, uh, more of your awesome quotes and 
see your awesome drawings that you color in the lines yeah. and all that where, where can they find you at um the easiest place to find me is on instagram is i am radness uh which yeah that's totally serious so yeah just all one word i am radness um and that's that's the easiest place to find me i am on facebook too under clint mckinnis um but yeah either way awesome deal awesome thanks man i i do appreciate your time and and talking with me and uh contributing to the conversation and and uh yeah so thanks for everyone listening out there and hope you got something out of this if you did uh please share it with others and uh if you're looking to get a tattoo definitely go to my buddy clint here you can fly from north carolina thailand wherever um he'll figure a way to to get you in uh but but yeah as i always say guys get out live your life and love it all right hope you were able to enjoy that as much as i enjoyed making uh, or having that interview conversation with clint He's such an awesome guy, very down to earth, humble, but also one of the most competitive people uh, when it comes to whatever it is that he's competing in. So uh, excuse my stuffiness. I have a little bit of stuffiness and and uh, in this interview, in this conversation, due to the fact that, um, well, I technically tested positive for COVID, but it's my normal stuffiness because I'm the smarty that likes to walk around in uh, shorts and snubble the, uh, shovel the walks in shorts. So uh yeah, I usually get the sniffles and a cough anyway, so excuse that stuffiness. Uh, again, I'll leave in the show notes below where we can find Clint, look him up. He's also leaving, he's always leaving those motivational quotes out there, uh, things that can motivate you on a daily. So just a good human being, people I love to have around me, and uh, someone who's always striving to be better. So thanks so much for listening. If you got something out of this, if you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a review. I would love that. It helps a ton. And again, if you leave a review uh, and you email that to me at redbeardoutdoors1 at gmail.com, send me your address, send me a screenshot of the review that you posted, and I'll send you something in the mail. And I'd greatly appreciate that. Also, again, all my other places that you can find me, I'll leave in the show notes below. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what your goals are for this year. Uh, getting out and getting after it. And uh, as I always say, get out, live your life and love it.